Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano. Which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Megan Gailey and Grace Parra. Hello, ladies. Hi. <laughs> we look. We sound like evil twin That's sisters a rough who start. are about to kill their mother. This week, Megan Gailey and Grace Parra join me to break down the week's news and talk about why the holidays seem to bring out such 1950s gender roles. We've also got incoming chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, California's Karen Bass, who joins us to talk about what's to come when Democrats take over in 2019. Then, in a very special Hills Will Die On, Megan Grace and I roast our least favorite Christmas song. All this, plus listener submissions, this week on Hysteria. So this is our, I guess, the last episode that comes out before Christmas. Uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit about Christmas stuff today. Yes. Um, I'm also considering deleting my Facebook account. I did it. I did it. You did it? I did it, and I feel great. Yeah? There is no looking back. Yeah, I logged on yesterday, and they were like, remember 2015? And I was like, I don't care about this Nope. No. Nope. So I took it off my phone, because I was just like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and But then every time I get on, which is maybe like once a week, called Touchdown, mm-hmm. and I'll have like four... 400 notifications like and I'm like oh well I don't want any of this yep can you keep messenger no I don't know I never had messenger on my phone book me though through that you know like that's the only way stand-ups know how to communicate oh god (laughs) that's so arcane I know I I I'm off the whole thing I never had messenger on my phone I got off it completely I intended to go through and figure out birthdays (laughs) that mean a lot to me because that is one of the good things about Facebook they're Mm -hmm. all there didn't even do that so sorry to people yeah, Blanket February seventeenth. Okay, that is the one that matters. Yeah, Megan <laughs> Gailey's birthday, right. July twenty sixth. Yeah. The, the other one that matters. Yeah, the only two. That the matter. only two. <laughs> um, quick housekeeping before we move into the news. Uh, if you have a hill you're going to die on, listeners, you can send them as a thirty second voice memo to hysteria at crooked We have so many of them in our inbox, guys, and I I feel like 
over the holiday, I might listen to some just because it always like warms the cockles of my heart. <laughs> um, also, we made some Nancy Pelosi t-shirts. Well, uh, and they're, yes. They're already all gone. Right? What? Right, Caroline? We're, we're reordering them, though. Oh, my God. They're going to be restocked. But they're Nancy That's Pelosi wild. t-shirts. Yeah, we our, the art department here at Crooked did a, did a design of Nancy in the sunglasses and the funnel neck coat. And it said, don't characterize the strength that I bring. And it is, it's sold out because all of you guys apparently wanted some Nancy Pelosi merch. Incredible. So Good Christmas gifts. Uh, it is, yeah. yeah. We're restocking that, so it'll have to be January 17th gifts for people now because that's the, the next major holiday, right? That's, uh, that's Megan's birthday. That's uh, Megan's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> all right, moving on to the news. I don't know. There's a few things to talk about. I feel like I'm getting into the kind of Christmas whatevers. Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, yeah, but holiday cheer. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, you have to, you have to, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But so we, you know, this week there was a story that broke about Woody Allen uh, being a sex pest again. <laughs> this is why we need to unionize. Yeah, no more, no more Woody Allens, guys. I know because he's a bad precedent, and men like Louis point to Woody and are like, yeah, but yeah. yeah. So then they think they can crawl out of their pest house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's a sex pest. We could talk about him and his latest round of sex pestery, but I feel like in the spirit of the holidays, we should spend time. Fondly remembering somebody who left a positive impact on the world. Uh, Penny Marshall, who just passed away this week at 75, which is too young. Way huh? too young. Long for Penny, man. Way too young. Um, Megan, you're, you're a big Penny Marshall fan. What are your thoughts about her and her life and, uh, and her legacy? You know, whenever someone passes away, it is... It, it, especially someone like Penny Marshall, it is sort of like sad in the sense of this is now when we look back fondly and appreciate her. But I do think in her life she was very much celebrated and beloved for her work and for sort of the groundbreaking glass ceiling steps that she took as an actress and more importantly um, as a filmmaker. She was the first woman to direct a film that grossed over $100 million. Mm-hmm. Um, a League of Their Own. A of their I own. mean, a, a incredible being remade in some aspect right now. Um, a wonderful actress and just like a cool-ass woman. I don't think she seemed to conform to like you got to be this like sex kitten thing. Yeah. Like she was just like, this is who I am and... Sometimes my bangs look funny, and I'm a cool chick. And Fred Armisen does an impression of me, which is I love Fred Armisen's impression of Penny Marshall, which I think is like really more of an homage than anything. Did you ever see? It's like a two or three minute trailer for her book that came out, I think, in 2012, and it's just Fred Armisen doing Penny Marshall right. promoting her book. It is genius. It's so funny. You can tell that he clearly has a real love for her too. Yeah. And uh, that's 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 a true sign of of the way that culture loves a, an individual. You know, when you get a, an impression, um, especially from somebody like Fred Armisen, who's ju- just like it's just so so lovely. It's so lovely. Yeah, she's one thing that I love about her her work and A League of Their Own is that that could be made now and it would feel fresh and uh-huh. contemporary. Yeah, I think a lot of times when you watch movies that were made about like sisterhood and they were made maybe twenty thirty years ago. You watch them now and you're like, a man wrote this. Like, yeah. And he got it wrong. This is not how women interact. This is not oh, this is not something that will cause any kind of an emotional like resonance in anybody mm-hmm. that, that has had experiences like this. And A League of Their Own still feels 
fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I love watching it in the spring. Like it's a it's a rev oh, up it, for it, oh, baseball yeah, season is. movie. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley. Oh, I think God, you yeah. know it's about female friendship. Truly, she directed four episodes of Laverne and Shirley while she was starring on it, and this is in the seventies and early eighties, which. Right. I think we hear a lot of that now, but back then that was totally unprecedented. I did think Gary Marshall was her husband. Uh, it's her brother. Her, her brother. No, but I did think that like as a child. I was like, they're a fun couple. Because there's that amazing scene in Hocus Pocus where Gary Marshall's dressed up as the devil. Oh my God. And that's Sarah Jessica right. Parker's like, Jeff, we love you. And then Penny comes out and she's like, get your tramps out of here. And so that was burned in my memory of like, a great couple, um, but it is her brother. Yeah, I forgot all about Hocus Pocus. What? It's, I know, I know. Not I'm, I. It's so good. That's the one that will never fall. People are coming for Love Actually. Hocus Pocus, here to stay. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Um, another thing about Penny Marshall is that she received three Golden Globe nominations for playing Laverne hmm. in Laverne and Shirley, which is pretty exciting. I mean, she, she seems like a person who could really do it all, and now that I'm sort of making... Uh, kind of starting to work in entertainment, whenever I come across people who are capable of directing, yeah. acting, producing, yeah. writing, I'm just completely in awe, in awe of them. It is a superpower because those yeah. things are totally different muscles and I mm-hmm. cannot believe that you can flex all of them at once. Yeah. She had a career that like old timey men had, you know, in the sense of like you're allowed to do it all. Yeah. I don't think she was allowed that. I think she just was like, I'm going to do all of this. And right. then you're going to have to be a part of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. 75 is like too young. I know. Too it really is. young. It's like 15 years less than we should have had with mm-hmm. her. Yeah. And uh, it's it's really a shame, but it is great that she was so celebrated in her life and it's mm-hmm. great that now we're taking this opportunity to to think about her work and mm-hmm. and reflect on it and her mm-hmm. and and think about how she kind of paved the road for all of us mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. women that'll come after us. So RIP Penny Marshall. Okay, next topic, less fun. Well, less like... Celebratory. Less celebratory, (laughs) exactly. It it comes less from a place of love and more of a place of of like hate and and ridicule. Uh, Stephen Miller, the uh, Trump administration official slash undead vampire worm Mm. that lives in the White House basement, appeared on Face the Nation to talk about Trump's border wall and the lengths that the president would be willing to go to uh, get his way when it comes to immigration policy. But what everybody is talking about is not the policy, which is cruel and stupid. And now that the government's not going to shut down, it just kind of seems like unnecessary cage rattling. Mm-hmm. The thing that people are talking about now is Miller's hair. He mm-hmm. went on and it was, what did it look like to you? The devil's triangle. <laughs> it looked like, here's my hot take. I respect the hustle there. I understand what they're trying to go for with that little little widow's peak there. But we live in an era of HDTV, so I don't exactly know what the thought was behind behind that. I almost wonder, and we, we talk about this with Kellyanne. I talk about this sometimes with people that show up to reality reunions. There must have been a hair and makeup person at Face the Nation that was like, this is what you want. Okay. All right. Go on. You know, like, <laughs> I don't fucking like this dude. Like, there, there was someone at some point that could have stopped this. And didn't or stop it. Or could have yes, just I agree. rushed it in a little better. Right. Because, I mean, this is something that 
one of my favorite men, LeBron James, struggles with. You know, mm -hmm. he sprays in and he doesn't spray it. Does he spray? Well, he sprays in when he's not playing. Oh. But I do think, because like if you see him in train rack, you're like, he's got a full head of hair. But then when you see him on the court, it's like, oh, it's out there. But some of that, too, I think he's like, I'm LeBron James. I don't give a fuck. But Stephen Miller's like, I give a lot of fuck. Okay, here's yeah. a question. Can you make an argument that spray can hair for men is basically when women use extensions? Uh, mm. it's worse because extensions like can look really pretty. We've perfected they can that. Look, we've perfected yep. that, but but right, spray spray hair hasn't been perfected yet. Yeah, I think in a way, Stephen Miller is the LeBron James of racism. Yeah. So <laughs> we should. What well, here's something that I kind of struggle with, just like as a like feminist and person try, who tries to like take the high road sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I think like should I be making fun of this? awful shouldn't be making fun of the way this man looks when we should be making fun of the fact that he supports a man who sticks children in cages right that he's the architect of the policy that yes. that is cruel and 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 aims to actually hurt people right i think that as long as we don't lose sight of the fact that that is who stephen miller is have a little fun i think we should absolutely <laughs> make fun of the fact that he looks like you know eddie munster like eddie munster's hair got murdered on his head <laughs> yeah <laughs> So yeah, I think, I think we deserve this. I think it's a good PSA, frankly, for yeah. other men to right. look at that and say like, well, shit, I don't yeah. want that to happen to me. It's also fun too, because maybe less with Steven, because I don't know if we know that much about his devious inner workings. I imagine just like an evil cat on a bike in his brain. But <laughs> Trump, when we hit him on his looks, you know it hurts him. You right, know, like right, he right, thinks right. he's this like suave hottie. And when we're like, you look, like a bloated potato. Yeah. He's like, no, but I'm, I have sex with like porn stars. It's like, yeah, who you pay, I think. But <laughs> Stephen Mill, it's like these men, they're narcissists. So we need to find ways to attack them that they can understand and be hurt by. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I sometimes think that in, in certain cases, taking the high road and, and refusing to make fun of the way that evil people look mm -hmm. sort of robs us of one of our most important tools as like people who are creative. Creative people are really good at being mean. So yeah, like right. we should be allowed to like use that a little bit, you Absolutely. know? It's like when LeBron James plays basketball and sometimes you see him playing in the first three quarters of a game and you're like, oh, he's going easy. Yes. He's not playing as hard as he can because he would actually hurt this team. And in the fourth quarter, he does what- he Turns they, it on. Yeah, he does, exactly. I feel like we should allow ourselves- We need to turn it on. We need to turn it on. Yeah. It's fourth quarter right and now. And we also know as creative people, there's a lot of steps before you get on camera yeah. and that there was some breakdown in this one. Like, it wasn't just like he showed up. It's like, this is kind of evidence of like, oh, people hate you. People would not. There's like a whole team checking me before I even step foot on anything. And if people see him and they're like, let his racist ass go on with it. Uh, you know what? Yeah. And Aaron, I agree. As long as we are not just making fun of his hair, I think for every hair insult, there's got to be a policy insult, too. I like the one-to-one -one ratio mm -hmm. in this situation. Instead of for every put put down, there's got to be a put up. Exactly. Like exactly. Two, two insults, two but insults. on varying topics. Precisely. That's that's the formula. I think that we have just reached a really important uh, consensus here. <laughs> I feel like this is like the Geneva Convention of Jokes. Like, <laughs> What's fair? What's n what's a war crime? This is fair. This is fair. Okay, moving on really quickly. Barbara Underwood, the AG of New York. Oh yeah, a badass. Mm -hmm. There's not like much more to say than the information itself. But on Tuesday, the Trump Foundation agreed to shut down after an investigation in New York found quote 
a shocking pattern of illegality involving the Trump Foundation, including unlawful coordination with the Trump presidential campaign, repeated in willful self-dealing, and much more. Doesn't repeated in willful self-dealing sound like the charity version of, like, masturbating? <laughs> <laughs> like, the Trump Foundation is over there, like, jerking it. Here's here's the reason why that's interesting, just apart from schadenfreude purposes. Yes. The fact that it is dissolving is partly due to the work of Barbara Underwood, mm-hmm. who is the first ever female attorney general in New York, mm. who is a fucking badass. Yes, she um, is. Yes. Going after uh, the Trump Foundation in this way that's very fearless. And and I just I'm so impressed with her. Mm-hmm. I just think it's I just think it's great. Looking at her track record, there are really horrible things happening. <laughs> like I know yeah. that. But then she was the one who sort of spearheaded that hospitals could no longer charge rape victims for their rape kits. I'm like, mm-hmm. why is she having to spend time on that? That's insane. Mm-hmm. That's like the most evil thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How many people had to be involved in that chain that were like, yeah, this is fine. Also, another thing about Underwood's career is that the reason that she has that position right now is because Eric Schneiderman is such a piece of shit. That's right. The former AG of New York, who was this like very public advocate for women, uh, was actually kind of on the side being an abusive monster. And he ended up stepping mm. down. And so mm. and so that's why she has that position. And it's, it's sort of interesting because she's definitely not the only woman who's kicking ass after being given the opportunity to kick ass because some man fucked up royally. Right. So I almost feel like maybe we should be giving women more of a chance in the first place instead of giving men a chance to fuck up. Exactly. And then- exactly. Can I ask a question just overall? Yeah. You know, the Trump for all of his, fi- you know, he's a fight. Like he doesn't like to go down without a wimp with a whimper. What? What am I saying? He doesn't <laughs> like to go. Uh, <laughs> You know what? He likes to go out with a bang. He likes to he go likes out a with a bang. He likes a little fight. Yeah, and it's yeah. like this, it seems like they were like, hey, you're illegal. And he was like, okay, I guess we'll stop. Like, yeah. is is this foreshadowing of things to come? I, or do you think I, he just is like, I don't care about charity, whatever? I sort of think he's always thought he's been on borrowed time with the Trump Foundation. That eventually, from the point that he was elected, something was going to have to go, and it was probably going to have to be that. And any any day that he was able to keep the Trump Foundation going was a good day. Mm-hmm. So that's why I think he sort of rolled over. I think it's a really good observation, though. One thing that I love about the, the what the New York AG's office, uh, the agreement that they came to with the Trump Foundation is that none of Trump's children are allowed to serve on charity boards in the state of New really? York. Really? Ever they again? Had, they had to agree to no, not be on boards of charity anymore. Which to them is kind of like a nice punishment. To, like, to, Ivan- yeah. to Ivanka, though? I know. That's her shit. I she know. wants yeah. she like wants her to, fake shit. She wants to cosplay being like a yes. real classy, like I'm Brooke Astor. Yeah, I'm so great and everybody loves me and I go to parties and I'm an architect of like social change and the way yeah. that rich people have always pretended that they're architects of social change. What is going on with her and Chelsea Clinton's friendship? Ugh, oh, I don't know what the update is on that. That's a I good one. I would love a sort of where are they now? Have they sent each other Christmas cards? <laughs> What's going on in Chelsea and Ivanka's? I think that would be great. I think Chelsea, Chelsea, if you're listening, you should DM me and let me know. Because I don't think Ivanka deserves friends. Do you guys follow each other? No. no. Oh, oh, I, I thought could, that, I that was, totally when you said DM, that. I was like, oh, they follow each I would other. Totally no. buy I would totally follow God. I, I think Aaron, Powerful women are always sliding in and out of Aaron's DMs. That's, it's true. We're going to talk to another one who slid into my DMs in a little bit. Oh, yeah. Wow. I know. But but I have open DMs just because yeah, I you want to just because I hate myself right <laughs> yeah but uh so yeah Chelsea if you're listening let me know how it's going with Ivanka who can no longer I mean she's got a lot of free time to hang out now that she yeah. can't be on any charity boards anymore but 
Um, no, I would love to know what's going on. You know what? That that, that is the equivalent, I think, of that sentencing where the guy who killed wildlife of some kind was sentenced to have to watch Bambi once a month every year for the rest of his life or however long. Did you guys read about this? No. Yeah, man. it's pretty it's a pretty awesome story. That's basically I do Ivanka's love a petty equivalent. sentence. Me yep. too. That doesn't Same. happen often enough. Same. I hope that after Underwood is done with the Trump family family, there's some petty sentencing going on. Because yeah. I, I think like we should well we should brainstorm offline and think about some petty sentences for the Trumps. Because I I'm think sure. petty sentence to legit sentence one to one ratio. Again, we're setting up. <laughs> we're just conventioning the hell out of this episode today. But that's <laughs> like, I just think that's a proper ratio. Have it be petty and then also have it be real. I think that's great. Petty mm-hmm. and real. Yes. You need to you need to strive for balance. Strive for balance. Totally. That's all the time we have to talk about news today. Coming up. My interview with the incoming chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, Karen Bass from California's 37th District. Can't wait for you guys to hear that conversation. And then after that, we're coming back with some listener gag gifts and personal political. Today, Hysteria would love to welcome Representative Karen Bass. Representative Bass is a five-term congresswoman representing California's 37th District and is the incoming chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. Come January, she will lead the largest CBC in history with nine new members that bring the caucus's numbers to 55. Rep. Bass became the first ever African-American woman to become speaker of any state legislature in the United States in 2008, which seems very sadly recent. Uh, But during California's economic Mm -hmm. crisis, Rep. Bass worked across the aisle to pass a budget that eventually earned her the 2010 John F. Kennedy Profile in Courage Award for her bipartisan negotiating efforts. Welcome, Representative Bass to hysteria. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm so glad you're here. But first, I want to talk about why you're here. You, This is the first ever interview we've done on hysteria that came from you sliding into my DMs. <laughs> I, I, this, this is a true story. I was uh, just kind of going about my day and I got a notification on my phone that Representative Karen Bass, the incoming <laughs> chair of the Congressional Black Caucus, had sent me a DM and you had you were just you just sent me a message saying, hey, fan of the show would love to come on and talk to you sometime. Do you regularly DM um, podcast hosts? <laughs> <laughs> well, only special podcast hosts. Those are the ones I DM. <laughs> so I was very excited when you responded. <laughs> oh, I was I was so stoked that you wanted to, to come on and talk to us because the work you're doing is great. But more importantly, like the moment that we're at right now is so exciting it feels pretty good to kind of be on the winning side of uh, of an election so how did the weeks after election day feel to you well let, let me just tell you you are absolutely right it is so exciting but but you know what happened you know after trump got elected people in my district were just so distraught not just my district all over the world people were distraught you remember all those people that came out on the day after the inauguration where people protested on every continent on earth. Mm-hmm. And so what I was really afraid of after that was that, oh, it was just going to be a protest. It was going to dissipate. People would normalize him. But see, what happened on November 6th is proof that people didn't normalize him. People you know, were involved from the day after he was sworn in, and they maintained that involvement. And so to me, what was so exciting about after the election was really making sure, because, you know, sometimes our side of the fence 
we win, and then we still talk about what we haven't won. Like, I, you know, some people will say, well, it's great we won the House, but we still don't have the Senate. It's like, are you kidding me? We won 40 seats. That mm-hmm. is absolutely a blue wave. And so making sure that people understood and savored in their victory for a while. But just think, in a few more days, you know, I don't think this guy knows what's coming. <laughs> Well, I don't think any of us really ever know what's coming, but now I feel like we're sort of in control of what could be coming, right. uh, exactly. which is which is super exciting. What are you most looking forward to uh, when the Democrats well, take over? Well, what I'm most looking forward to is actually, you know, well, first of all, there's two things. There's my own personal legislative agenda, which I'll talk about in a minute, but in terms of the overall, that we there will finally be some checks and balances Because people all over the country and a lot of other countries are saying, why are you just letting this guy do whatever he wants to do? He doesn't have any, you know, care about the rule of law. He just kind of does what he wants to do. And so what people will see is people will see there will finally be checks and balances, Mm -hmm. that we will finally be holding him accountable. And not just that. I mean, we know the Mueller investigation is going on, right? But we don't really know what Mueller's doing. Well, you will be able to turn on C-SPAN and see what we're doing. And I think that that will be a big relief to people because people's anxiety is raised if they think that we're not doing anything at all but just letting him kind of run amok. But, you know, he makes his own uh, mistakes. And so saying he wants to shut the government down, he thinks this is a good time to shut the government down so he can get funding for a wall. And not just any wall. He wants a beautiful wall. (laughs) Not one of those ugly walls. (laughs) Just you know, a, a you, pretty one. You leave the country because, you know, I focus on foreign affairs, too. And people around the world are looking at us going, what happened to you guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, we looked at you as the beacon. You know, you were the light of democracy. You were stable, and now you're not stable. So, you know, the rest of the world is kind of wondering when we're going to do a course correction. Right. And so I think what happened on November 6th and what's going to happen on January 3rd is a course correction mm-hmm. for our country. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned Mueller, and then you also mentioned your legislative agenda. And I wanted to talk about both of those things in tandem, because as you mentioned, there's, you know, there's this kind of giant seductive question mark. What's Mueller doing? What's Mueller doing? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And then we also have the sort of temper tantrum that's always happening in the White House uh, that is also kind of a distraction. And in the meantime, you have actual legislative goals that you would like to accomplish that don't have anything to do with either of those two things. So how do you keep your eyes on your goals as you serve your constituents and the caucus when every day kind of feels like an apocalypse of the American experiment? <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? I do just that. I keep my eyes on the prize. And so let me give you an example. I mean, yesterday in the Senate, we passed a major piece of uh, criminal justice reform legislation. And so, you know, when you pass a bill uh, um, in, on the federal side, it might be a thousand pages and everybody has their input so my input in that bill that was just passed and is going to come back over to the House is paying attention to women who are pregnant and are incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Do you know that we put women in shackles when they're pregnant? And uh, sometimes even including uh, during labor and delivery, because, you know, we're worried about women jumping off the gurney when they're in the middle of delivering a baby and escaping. That's a barbaric practice that, in my opinion, is a human rights abuse And so there's part of the bill that was passed 
that um, that references that, that says that that can no longer happen. So my legislative agenda next year is to continue moving the needle on criminal justice reform, but my focus is on women because I think a lot of times when people talk about criminal justice, they're really referring to adult men, and my focus is on children and women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we incarcerate uh, children. I mean, there's a uh, scandal in Los Angeles right now where – Children who are in juvenile detention are constantly being pepper sprayed. Now, how is that not child abuse? You know? Yeah. I mean, it it is. (laughs) Uh, It sounds like it's state-sanctioned child abuse. Like what's happening at the border. That Mm -hmm. is state-sanctioned child abuse. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of those those markers in our history that we will look back 10, 20 years from now and say, do we really as a country allow them to – take children away to make a political point, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that there are a lot of people, like you mentioned, like November 6th just really showcased how many people don't want to be on the wrong side of history and who have have really decided they need to put kind of a moral stake in the ground and think like, no, I'm not not going to participate in this. I'm not even going to stand by and let this happen on my watch. One thing that I wanted to say uh, or talk about with regard to the criminal justice reform is that I feel like one of the reasons that has a chance of actually being enacted is because the president believes, you know, Jared Kushner had a role in kind of championing that. Um, Yeah, and and he's worried about he's he's thinking of his future. Right, right. But, you know, but it's also sort of like, well, if if that's a means to an end, then if and the end is like good criminal justice reform, then fine. But one thing that I think a lot is that Donald Trump and the Trump administration approach a lot of issues with a sort of vanity. Like the reason that they don't want to support those issues is because the, it's the other side's idea. So do, right. you, so do you think that one way to get your agenda kind of passed in a sneaky way would be to convince Donald Trump that it's all been his idea? Could you incept him <laughs> is my question. You know what? If it meant um, moving the needle on criminal justice, like what's going to happen with First Step, where tens of thousands of people can apply to get out of prison early, I would do that in a heartbeat. You know, if he needs it to be his, if he needs to, you know, say he's the one that thought of it, I really don't care. What I do care about is the people. Mm-hmm. And um, and so, you know, some people would ask, well, oof, how could you work with him? You shouldn't work with him on anything. Well, you know what? It, it, with all of his, you know, craziness, if I could carve out a place where I could work with him on uh, improving the foster care system, improving relationships with the continent of Africa, moving the needle on criminal justice reform, I will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so pivoting slightly, so there's a there's a big freshman class of new uh, members yes. of Congress that are coming in, and they look a lot more like their voters than they've ever looked. They're mm-hmm. younger, they're more mm-hmm. female, there are more people of color. You've got nine new members of the Congressional Black Caucus. Yes. Are there any new incoming women that are joining the House this January that you're particularly excited to work with? Oh, my goodness, um, a long list of them, uh, women who have accomplished so much. Um, you know, I, Ayanna Presley, um, I love Katie her. Hill. I love Katie Ayanna Porter, Presley so much. You know, um, oh, I could just go on and on. That's Ilhan great. Omar, and I'm very excited at the fact that we have two Africans for the first time. Since that's a big focus of what I do, you know, I can have somebody share in that work. And so I'm very excited about that. That's great. Here's this is not as exciting or not as optimistic a question, but, you know, there is a, a historic number of women of color, one 
in the midterms. Um, and a lot of times they won in kind of long odds races like Lucy McBath in Georgia 6th, for example. Yes. Why do you think that there is still a lack of women of color in leadership positions? And uh, do you see that changing soon? I do see that changing. Um, and, you know, there are African-American women uh, who are in leadership positions in different ways as opposed to being elected. So, for example, uh, there's two African-American women who are going to chair full committees. A Latina who's going to chair a full committee, small business, science and technology, and financial services. Mm -hmm. uh, Barbara Lee, who is the co-chair steering and policy. Again, those aren't elected positions, mm -hmm. but, um, but they are very significant leadership roles. And we need to work on that. It's not, you know, it's inexcusable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of really exciting women coming in, like you mentioned. Um, Ayanna, yes. Ayanna Presley, I saw her speak a few years ago, and I was floored by how amazing she was. She was uh, uh, on the Boston City Council, and I saw her give a yeah. speech at like an Emily's List thing, and I was just floored by her. Um, <laughs> but kind of on the subject of women, and specifically women of color, the president often directs his ire to female journalists, and a lot of mm -hmm. times those female journalists happen to be black women, and if they're mm -hmm. not journalists, they happen to also be powerful black women. Why do you think this is, and do you think that it's getting the uh, end result that he is hoping for? Well, I mean, I think that the president has been pretty clear uh, on his positions on race from the moment he came down the escalator. Uh, <laughs> he has been attacking people of color from day one. And then, frankly, he, it's second generation. I mean, his father was involved in racial discrimination. You know how the federal government sued him. Um, and so I think that he is continuing on with his legacy. I think he's been consistent with his contempt for people of color. And uh, he has been consistent with his empathy for uh, white supremacy. Mm -hmm. One of the things I thought on November 6th was the people that came out and stood up were women, young people, people of color. Um, do you think that the president kind of vastly overestimates how many angry white guys there are? Well, I think I think that's the case. But I also think that I'm not even sure he connects the dots. Remember, after the election, he said he won. <laughs> he yeah. was saying he won as late as last week when he was sitting in the Oval Office with um, Leader Pelosi, Speaker Pelosi, soon to be, um, and Schumer. He was still talking about he won. So, you know, his level of denial and his, his delusions uh, are, all, are pretty frightening. And so we're going to have to see what's going to happen when Adam Schiff, Jerry Nadler, and Elijah Cummings and Maxine Waters get the gavel. And they can actually investigate his finances, investigate his family. You know, um, I, I think, and this is a fear of mine, I think if, if we feel we have seen crazy, I think we haven't seen crazy yet. Well, it sounds like you are ready for the challenges that lie ahead. I want to end with this question. We are wrapping up 2018, and it was a year of ups and downs. What's your New Year's resolution going into 2019? Doesn't have to do my with new, being my a... New Year's resolution is to organize. Okay. To organize, 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 and I mean that internally in the House, in terms of the Congressional Black Caucus. I mean externally in continuing to uh, assist and participate in the resistance movement, and I mean organize 
in preparation for 2020. Mm-hmm. And organize like your desk drawers or just is this <laughs> <laughs> organize people, organize voters. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's organized members of Congress. That sounds a lot more important than making sure your <laughs> pencils are all lined up. <laughs> well, Representative Karen Bass, thank you so much for joining me. This was a really fun conversation. I wish we could keep talking. Oh, we'll have to do it again? For sure. Best of luck in the new year and congratulations again. Thank you. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount, text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. To, I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle. Which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. 
They're very like on oh. a, it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a oh yeah. You've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm gonna just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah, perfect, perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like denim shirt, denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is like, I think my, my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're. They look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple of years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad... Your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. back. We're going to get into personal political, but first I wanted to play a couple listener submissions to our call from the other week where we asked you to share your holiday gag gift traditions. So I grew up in one of those houses that just swallowed things. Like it wasn't messy, but things would just go missing all the time. So the whole family would wind up on these like wild goose chases for like my mom's keys or something. So one year my dad started doing this thing where if he found whatever the hot button item was that we were all looking for, he wouldn't tell anyone and he'd just hide it in his closet until Christmas and then he'd wrap it up and put it under the tree and just give it back to the person. <laughs> Even if it was like my sister's winter jacket, which she definitely would have rather just had for the month of December. 
Oh my god! I gosh. like that. She got trolled by your dad. I love it. I love that. That's but then, wonderful. did she need a new coat? <laughs> like, yeah, that's coming from a place of like, I guess I'll just buy my daughter a second coat well, yeah, so because, that I can amuse myself. Oh, my dad hates buying coats. Like, he truly wears a valet driver's coat. That's what, like he is when he's outside. People like pull their cars up to him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I parked with you, and he's like, "Oh no." Oh, my dad used to do this thing where like, if something got lost and he found it, he would put it on like an article of clothing. Um, one of the funniest ones I was, I remember being little and I found like I lost, I was looking for a pair of tights cause we were going to go to church or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, five minutes later, my dad comes out of a room like with tights on his head <laughs> and I was like, dad, no, take no. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You did. What are you talking? Anyway, that's a, that's a good gag gift. That's a good little Aaron voice too. There. <laughs> I love yeah, that. No. <laughs> I love that this whole family is forgetful. <laughs> like usually there's like one person that like has it together. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah. like, no, everybody lost the things all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the dad was hiding them. <laughs> Just so we could yeah, find them. Yeah. The dad's probably got the biggest secrets of them all. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Do we have one more? Hey, fellow hysterics, love the pod. So one year I got dumped on Christmas Eve by text and my mom, dad, and sister decided to cheer me up by giving me an amazing gag gift. I opened up a shoe box and as soon as I opened it, it started playing dick in a box (gasps) and inside was indeed a giant dildo. And that was my favorite (laughs) gag gift. Definitely cheered me up. That puts the gag and gag gift. Oh, I knew sure. you were gonna. Say, Did you know I, that? Hundred percent. As soon as they they were like dildo, I was like, Grace is gonna <laughs> joke about putting it in the mouth. Uh. <laughs> Took the bait there. Yeah. Now, did the family already own this dildo? Because this is Christmas Eve. You're having to run out to a shop. Emergency Great question. Dildo. A boutique that sells dildos. <laughs> and that begs the question, do you just have an unopened dildo around? Or, or has an it open dildo? Or an open dildo. That's been used. Uh, I kind wow. of prefer to know exactly how much I currently know, <sighs> and I don't want to know anymore. I'm fine with that, too. <laughs> I'm fine with that, too. I'm giving, I guess on this line, I'm giving my own kind of gag gift, but I'm serious about it. I'm taking my future mother-in-law and future sister-in-law to see Magic Mike on December 26th. That's truly magical. I love that. Hey, wait, is there a new one? No, oh no, not the movie. We're going to see live in Vegas. Oh, Vegas? oh, oh we are going. Oh, I didn't know that. Li- to the live show. Aaron and I just put our hands up yes. in the air oh, no, of excitement. Not the like... movie, the cabaret. Wow. Oh my. Okay, yeah. I assume there are going to be pictures. And oh, there's going to be a lot of pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I got approval from my fiance and his sister. Oh, my we God. haven't told his mom yet, but oh. we're going to Magic Mike Vegas. Oh my goodness. How, how does how does CJ feel about it? CJ's like, I guess that's an icebreaker. <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. Wow. That is that is great. Although, anyway, I was going to make a disgusting joke, but I'm not going to because we have to transition into personal political. Yes, we do. We're talking about the holidays because it's the holidays, and I'm sure a lot of you are listening to this um, driving somewhere. Or, or hiding or in your room. Hiding somewhere. <laughs> or packing up a dildo or, for your daughter. Yeah, <laughs> lovingly wrapping a dildo for your daughter who just got dumped. One of the things that I think about around the holiday season is just how much work my mom put into making Christmas happen for us when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Like, as an adult, I know how my dad wraps presents. It's (laughs) like he just kind of rolls it up into a ball and wraps tape around it. He just, like, never learned how to wrap gifts, which which led me kind of to retroactively realize that, oh, yeah, my mom was wrapping all the gifts every single year. It was my mom wrapping everything, putting the stockings together, doing this. And... 
my mom was also doing, you know, a lot of the cooking. And, mm. you know, when we're at a holiday gathering, what happens after the hol- holiday gathering is usually everybody eats and then, like, the women go into the kitchen and do the dishes and the men, like, watch football. And it just, I was thinking about how, you know, my family is pretty progressive and it just seems like the holidays kind of brings out this really intense version of like gendered division of labor. Mm-hmm. And and Grace, I know you hosted Thanksgiving this year. I hosted Thanksgiving for the very first time, and I found myself going into hyper 1950s housewife <laughs> mode that I did not know I had. Um, and I became like really, ex- first of all, genuinely very excited about all of this. I wanted to cook the turkey. I wanted to dress the table. I wanted to make sure we had a playlist going. So feminism is wrong. So feminism is wrong, <laughs> and I'm leaving the podcast. And <laughs> no, I thought, I. what was interesting is I fell into it willingly, lovingly, and excitedly. And I wanted to, I, I almost like uh, this weird control freak side of me that I didn't really know existed. That's a lie, I do know it exists. Um, <laughs> popped out, and I wanted every, every detail, not just to be perfect, but to be homemade. Like I couldn't just, I love canned cranberry sauce. I love it. But I was like, no, Grace, deny yourself that this year because you need to make sure that it's homemade and that it's vegan. Yes, and I did it. And it was great, by the way. I will say homemade cranberry sauce with a little bit of orange zhuzh. Amazing. But, yeah, I found myself falling into this role. And and it came out of – I do not know where it came from because my boyfriend put no expectations on me. His family and our friends put no expectations on me. But I was like, no, this is a culmination of years of work that I've I've built up to this, and this is me now. And and I I don't know where that came from. The only thing I can think of is that it's from years of conditioning. And it's from years of us – Growing up the way that you grew up, Erin, I certainly grew up in the same the same way where my mom did everything and still does. Like my mom right now, this is a few days before Christmas, my mom took a four-day break before Christmas. She's at a casino in Mississippi right now. Okay. Because in anticipation of Christmas, she's like, I need to save my breath and she's make va- sure. Yeah, vacation. She, she's vacationing before Christmas because Christmas is going to be a lot of work for her. She hand makes tamales and pozole and tostadas for all my Latinas out there. You guys know that. Abuelas really love to do that stuff by hand. I don't even get a chance to do that in my household. So I think it's another reason that I liked doing Thanksgiving because it was the first time that I actually got to do a holiday. My mom never let me do that. At any point, did you find yourself like resenting the process or resenting I'm doing all this and they're not? I found myself, and this is this is something that I am finding myself doing kind of on a day-to-day basis. I like dishes. I like to clean as I go. And then I like dishes done as soon as possible, basically. But then there's that period right after you're done eating where everybody just goes and watch, watches whatever on the TV and you're like sitting there and being slugs and no one was like getting up to do dishes uh, so there was a moment where I was just like I'm not just, doing this no I was like I'm just gonna do it myself no I, guess. I know but then I was stopped which is good but that was the only moment of resentment otherwise I fucking loved it and I'll add to that something that, that I found which is from a 2012 American sociological review study called egalitarianism housework and sexual frequency in marriage Tell me what you guys think of this. Okay. Results show that both husbands and wives in couples with more traditional housework arrangements report higher sexual frequency. Yeah, I believe that because I think it's like assumed of Ugh. like we're going to have mm. sex, you know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think that that, I don't know. I, I think that like there's a lot of expectation that just women do more work around the home and in general, general. It's a, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Was and it, yeah. I mean, even if you factor in the emotional labor too, of just like thinking about the like, I would find lists, and we, my family used to. I mean, I hope we still do have like a giant Christmas Eve party, huge, 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 and my parents do everything fifty fifty for the most part. Like my dad truly is like mm-hmm. the work mule. Like she's like do this, and he does it, mm-hmm. but she has like 
grand dreams of how the poinsettias are supposed to look. And that really, like, <laughs> matters to her yeah. in a way that, like, we can't do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, she just has a touch. And, like, I'm, I am lazy and have bad taste. So well, it's like, I can't. That's what my dad has said for <laughs> decades, too, which is like, well, I would, but, but I don't know. Mary just does it so much better than uh, me. Yeah. yeah. And I know, and I think, I don't think that that's good, though. It's, co- think... it's detergent commercial man syndrome, where... Yeah. People, like, I think that men think if they pretend that they can't do something for long enough, then people will just start being like, oh, fine, I'll just do yeah. it. Yeah. Which is, like, what happens around the holidays a ton is, like, yeah. women are just like, oh, you know what? You can't frost the cookies. <laughs> Even though, yes, you can. Yeah. If yeah. you can drive a car. Yeah. You can, fr- if you can ha- write write letters with your hand holding yeah. a pencil, you can frost some fucking cookies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it's also, like, it's something that I used to do when I was a teenager, but I think that some people have just carried into adulthood where I'd be like, I can't do it. And just like yeah. waited for somebody else to do it for me, which is something that I really find. But do you think that do you think that the kind of disproportionate amount of like emotional labor and actual labor that women do around the holidays makes it harder for them to enjoy it? Yes. Oh, I think the holidays are horribly stressful on most people. I, I don't I don't want to discount that men are having stress too because of, you know, any sort of Issues or past yeah, we're holiday. Getting, we're getting thing. close sure. to the postseason in the NFL. Like that <laughs> yeah. a lot of stress. <laughs> but oh, I think abs- I I went home for Thanksgiving and my mom cried every day. Not of not of joy. Out of stress. Uh, out of stress and like yeah. she wasn't sleeping and and we're like doing as much as she can. But she's truly, I think, when it's over, they're relieved because yeah. it is so much on them. And this is a woman who's still signing like Love Santa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For her adult children? Listen, yeah. I believe. I, I think that there's, so I'll, I'll offer a counter, which might not be popular, and I'm not really sure if I fit into this. I'm a social person, extroverted person, love my family, love my friends, but there is something that's kind of nice about being the one in the kitchen doing the stuff mm-hmm. that's a little, a little like. You don't have to talk to anybody. A little bit. <laughs> it's a little bit like, uh, yeah. You don't like, have okay, to deal with anyone. I got this thing that I'm doing that like is exercising a side of my brain that doesn't get exercised often because what we do in entertainment is very ephemeral and not ta- not tactile uh-huh. and cooking for me is that so there is something that's almost like a zen escape in uh-huh. doing these little householdy things yeah. Yeah. that's a little calming i don't know if i don't i can't imagine that's like the the, the kind of popular majority but yeah. i'd be curious if other people out there feel like that I too i think absolutely i mean i just don't find joy in that truly i only find joy in like sitting <laughs> um, and so i'm but then when I go to my fiance's house, I you know, his mother is cooking and cleaning and, and she like really does uh, for all intents and purposes, like what like if I start to do anything, she's like, No, 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 no. Yeah. And then yeah, I'm like, yeah. Does she think I'm gonna be a bad like mother and wife because I just like <laughs> don't have these skills, but I always turn a look, you know? Yeah. I'm always dressed and put together in a way that she's like, Okay, girl, but like <laughs> Couldn't clean a plate if it hit me in the face. Well, I think that Grace brings up a really interesting point because I think I also love cooking. I I just started doing yoga. California got me, guys. Man. Just started doing it. Bikram, too, which is like, come on. No. You got to listen to the... You gotta listen to the thirty for thirty six part podcast on it. Very yeah. good. Could you send that to us? Please? I highly recommend. Is it is it a Y it's seven dark. that you've done? It's I well anyway. I it's just really I good. started doing it. I got I got cajoled into it, and then I was like, oh, I actually really like it. Um, 
But what I was going to say is that, you know, before I was actually doing yoga yoga, I uh, would say that cooking was my yoga because it was like a sort of, it was like a kind of way to take a break from any emotional labor. Yep. It's like a physical, your physical labor kind of counterbalances the fact that, you know, if you're the, the mom, you're the woman, people are asking you for things. People are depending on you to be cheerful and doing things. And it's sort of a way to retreat yeah. and into something that isn't that. But one thing that I think is interesting is all of that labor can probably get exhausting and yeah. take away from your quality of life. I, w- one thing that I that I read this week that I found very uh, uh, upsetting is that um, Americans definitely, in theory, think that women and men should be equal at work. Like, yeah, totally for sure. Mm-hmm. But then also when they get home, they think that women should still be doing most of the work. No. A study yeah. that evaluated people's attitudes between 1977 and 2016 Saw, uh, showed that 65% of Americans believe that women and men should have equal roles at work and at home. But o- almost 25% of Americans believe that women should have the same opportunities as men to work but do the majority of household work, which is crazy. Yeah. Which is crazy to yeah, me. Yeah, because if you're doing all of that work at home, it will inevitably take away from the work you're able to do at actual work. Mm-hmm. And yep. I think that's why... That you do see these sort of differences in pay and how much, how many women stay in the workforce long term yeah. because it's like we have other jobs outside of this job. Yeah, mm-hmm. there is some good news though. Uh, that attitude is sort of aging out. Mm-hmm. I guess in the in that study, forty eight percent of Americans born before nineteen forty six believe that women should have equal roles in public and private life, which. Ugh. But over half of baby boomers and Generation Xers believe that men and women should have equal roles. And only 5% of millennials said that women and men should be unequal. Okay. So okay. All right. That's good. I mean, by the time we inhabit the planet, it'll, it'll be a, a hellscape. Yes. A global warming hellscape. We've but got another eight years. Well, at least we've got a good tune about it. You <laughs> yeah, know? Exactly. I think millennials, too, are like, let's just get a maid. You know, like, <laughs> oh, let, we got to get... We got to contract out for this. That's exactly. Yeah. I mean, gig economy. Like we're seeing that happening. Alexa, find me someone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so here's let's close with this. Over the holidays, I think a lot about that. As an adult, I realized like, oh, my God, my mother did so much for me. And I feel like I feel very guilty about that. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that we can make lives easier for the women in our lives that make the holidays happen? When I am at home, I always contribute a dish. Mm-hmm. And then I also am like, what can I help you do? Now, I have two older brothers. They have their children there with them. I uh, do not have children. Mm-hmm. So I do feel like I need to sort of like step up in helping my mom. But then I also help watch the kids because when the kids are at my parents' house, my mom ends up watching the kids too. You know, oh, like really? oh, that's she a does lot. everything. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, what can I help you do? And I sit and I do it with her because mm-hmm. a lot of it is she wants just companionship yeah. in the stuff that she has to be doing. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. Like even sometimes she'll be like, can you just sit in here with me while I cook and talk to me? Like she doesn't want to be alone. <laughs> like, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm also excellent company, but, <laughs> but you know, you know your parents well enough to be like, what will actually help them? Yeah. And don't do it with an eye roll. Like, Try and pretend at least to take some joy in it as well. Mm-hmm. I'll offer two things. One is I am going to give my mom money so that she can go to a, not just this pre-Christmas casino trip, but a post-Christmas casino trip. She did call me after the first day and said that she already used up her entire budget in one day <laughs> and doesn't know what she's going to do in Mississippi. 
uh, for the next two days. But the other thing that I'll say is don't uh, wait for a yes to start doing something. Just get in there and, and do it. You know that they're dirty dishes. You don't have to be told to wash them. Just do it. And, mm-hmm. and some people might think that's overstepping bounds, but I think it's just being proactive. Mm-hmm. You have to read the room. You have to read yeah. the room. But I, would, like, I would add that I think sometimes men and boys don't participate in like holiday maintenance type yeah. work because they aren't programmed to believe that it's part of their job they're not being dicks so I think that one thing that you can do is if you have like brothers at home if you have there are men that are at home that are able to help out you could just be like hey you want to help me do this thing like they're not going to be like no my my brothers will yeah (laughs) I mean it it doesn't I don't think it hurts to ask they won't say no they'll be like I have to make a sandwich for the next seven hours (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't say also always keep your hosts glasses filled oh yeah just make sure they're always they've got a little something make make them get your mom and if you can avoid a fight please do yeah text someone that you know who also hates the person you're about to fight (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really great strategy yes. that's a really great strategy well so that's all the time we have for personal political holiday edition thank you guys so much we're going to take a quick break but when we come back the hills will die on this time we're doing a Christmas songs yes. one guys yes guys it's been a rough year going to get rougher and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet you could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender do your worst but we have a better idea for you which is pick out something from the crooked store the store is stocked with tons of new merch it's perfect for the spring and classics like the friend of the pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship depending on how things go pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year or a hat celebrating your favorite pod go to crooked.com store to shop Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House, or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. And we're back. It is time for The Hills Will Die On. These are uh, issues that really don't matter, but that we have very strong opinions about. Anyway, first we're going to do a listener submission, and then the three of us are going to do Hills Will Die On about Christmas songs that we don't like. So let's first do our listener hill. Hey, Hysteria friends. My name's Missy, and the hill that I will die on is that pump bottles, be them for lotion, shampoo, conditioner, whatever— 
are the worst things ever. You always end up with at least a half inch of whatever substance you're trying to get out stuck at the bottom and go to enormous lengths to try to get it out so as not to be wasteful. How have we not come up with a better invention for this damn bottle? Thank you. Oh, you know what? I never thought about that, but now it's going to bug me. It's going to bug me. I like that one a lot. I'll die on that hill. I'll die on that hill. I don't know what you do. Yeah. Well, people say, I've seen people cut it like halfway and then scoop out the rest and put that in a different container. Yeah, but then you have like a half. That's just so much work. I'm just, you gotta I'm just telling you. Cut it. I, could, <laughs> I feel like that could lacerate your hands. Of course, I've yeah. never done this. I'm like, it's out of here. Megan does it all the time. The hill all die on. I really like the name Missy. I think that's fun. It's a cute name. <laughs> you were immediately delighted. I was like, Missy. Yeah. Your Ooh. face lit up. <laughs> Um, okay, well, thank you, Missy, for submitting that hill and for convincing me to be annoyed with something that I actually hadn't really thought about before, but now I do. You know what also sucks about those things? You can't close them. Can't close them. Can't you close them. You can, but you have to like oh, yeah. you have to sacrifice some product, and then if it doesn't, if you don't get a successful launch the first time, you have to like do another pump of it. And then if you got to travel with them, you never know if that thing is yeah. going to just go willy nilly and spill everywhere. Oh. Yeah, like uh, like the Exxon Valdez in in your bag. <laughs> um, so uh, here's the the hills that will die on this week. I, this was my pitch, and I just kind of I steamrolled you guys. I just forced you to participate. Sorry. Um, I love Christmas music. Mm -hmm. I get really excited about the holidays. I think partly because growing up in a cold climate, it was like the one good thing about winter. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it was over, it was like fuck. no, it's still winter. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's winter for like. Four months. Yeah, four <laughs> months, right. Yeah, Minneapolis is, does not fuck around with winter. But but one thing that I, during my childhood, learned was that, you know, there are some Christmas songs that I just adore. Every year I make, like, these really elaborate Christmas playlists. And actually, I have one from this year, and we can put it in the show notes that I made on Spotify. There are songs that I do like, but there are also songs that I really don't like. Yeah. I think all of us have Christmas songs that where every time it comes on, we're like, fuck this song. So, Megan, I want to start with you. <laughs> Give me three of your Christmas songs that you just kind of want to roast and, and go okay. to town. So um, I, for the last few months, have been working in a professional setting, which is um, very against everything that I know and do. <laughs> and so for the last few weeks, I've been going up to my coworkers and just going, Santa baby. <laughs> I hate a that. I hate it. Before convertible, please. Light blue. <laughs> It's it's too good, Megan. What's it's happening? Jarring. People hate it, and that's I how I feel it. when I hear the song. The song is crazy, and the thing is, I love Eartha Kitt, so I think she was the OG Santa baby. But it's like, are you trying to fuck Santa? Like, yeah. What is happening? Yeah. It is too sexy and too confusing. And the things that you are asking for for Christmas are insane. Yeah. At one point, insane. she's just like a ring. Do you have a significant other? Like, wh who is this going to give you this ring? It's yeah. wild. Yeah. Why are so many songs about trying to fuck Santa? My next one. Am I still on? Yes. yes. Okay, my next one. I saw Mommy kissing Santa yep, Claus. Yep, yep, Who is this Santa? Is it Santa? Is it your dad? Is it the mailman Why dressed like Santa? Why are they trying to fuck Santa? Yeah. Why is I everyone mean, so horny in Christmas songs is a great question. Santa is a good guy. You know, he comes in your house, he leaves stuff, he goes without taking anything. He's got a wife at home. He's got a wife at home. Stop trying to fuck him. Stop trying to fuck him. I Don't think settle. He he is not in shape yeah, there's either. Two <laughs> you deserve better, girl. He is an animal enthusiast, though. 
Um, I think yeah, that's no, very I, attractive. Yes, that is. You know, beards are very in right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, Dad bod. This last one, I love this song. This rendition is horrible. It's Christina Aguilera's Oh Holy Night. It's like... (laughs) It was made famous on a wonderful episode of The Osbournes, where Kelly Osbourne, one of the original reality... I mean, they would just have cameramen in the background. It was amazing. Uh, Kelly Osbourne roasts this song like at the dinner table. Ozzy loves it. He's dying. <laughs> he spit a bird out of his mouth to laugh. <laughs> and it is just so many runs in there. So I many mean, runs. It is all runs. I listened to it last night. It starts on a run. It's no. like, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, this is a beautiful song. Why did you do that? Yeah, it sounds like sheet music is getting electrocuted every time she sings anything. Yes. It's oh, that's just, good. It's... So those are my three, and I love every other song. <laughs> All right, Grace, what are your three? Okay. Top one, do they know it's Christmas Band-Aid? So awful. Like you're singing about Christmas and then suddenly it's like feed the world. Okay, those are two very different objectives in mind. <laughs> are we te- are we informing people about this worldwide holiday or are we trying to give people food? I don't understand. So objective, very unclear. Also, Boy George, like I've, I've had a real up and down relationship with him. There were times where I was very into Culture Club. Now, not so much. I don't know how you listeners feel about that. I think it's a disaster. I don't know. Let's take a time machine back to 1987. And- <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Also, yeah, like was it was it like it was for like band. What was Band Aid? Yeah. We should know this. Are we not old enough to? Know I don't what Band-Aid know. It's, was? But it solved hunger, and no one was ever poor again. Uh, no That's one was ever was poor like again. Everybody I guess. together, right? Yeah. It was. Yeah, together. and I think it was everybody. It was everybody. But wasn't it AIDS as well? It was. That's what I don't understand. Because I thought I don't get the objective. I thought. <laughs> I thought I truly thought it was. I think it was world AIDS hunger. Based. But I do they, it was world hunger. Do they know it's Christmas? Also, like. Other people have really fun holidays too. Like we don't need yes. to give everybody, make everybody have Christmas. I love Christmas, and I welcome anybody who wants to celebrate it. But like other holidays are also super fun. Well, especially yes. if you're talking about the world. Yeah, it's like this is also the band much. is called Band Aid. Okay, I get that. That's like it's a reference to something that fixes and like sticks on you and heals you, whatever. But also Band Aid is known for being a brand. Like the theme song goes, "I am stuck on Band Aid brand because Band Aid oh, yeah. stuck on me." So how? What are they thinking? Trying to make a name from a band that already has a clear IP over this title. Okay, anyway, the next one that I've got is the Chipmunk song. I don't <gasps> I love know. This song. Hard pass, Ow, Megan. Hard pass Christmas, on it. Christmas, Christmas. It's cute for the first 10 seconds, and then I don't need to hear anything else after that. I'm done. Oh, Jesus. No, I hate it. <laughs> Dislike. And then the third one is a song I've never heard, but I've heard of it, and it's called Backdoor Santa by Springsteen. Mm-hmm. And a reference to anal sex with Santa? Clearly, clearly. Again, every bitch is so thirsty for Santa. I don't understand. Although maybe in this case, Santa's the thirsty one. Who knows? <sighs> There's Okay, it's not a Springsteen song because I have a version of it that's like a soul song that predates Springsteen and oh. it makes me deeply uncomfortable. Really? It's about like a guy like, I'm coming over to your house and I'll sneak out of the back door in the morning and it's like, what? I don't, why is that Santa? I guess maybe... <laughs> Why? What? What is this? This isn't the Springsteen one where he introduces the whole band. No, that's, oh, that's no, no. I and also, that. Springsteen does another Christmas song yeah, that's, that's really good. Yeah, a hit. Um, which one? Uh, oh, what a Christmas! 
Bells will be ringing. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bells will be ringing. Please come home for Christmas. Please come home for Christmas. There you go. That is great. That's a great Springsteen Christmas song. But this one, yeah, was the Eagles originally? I don't know. Um, but it is in the Home Alone soundtrack, which is a movie that I watch every single Christmas. Oh, me too. So, what are yours? Mine are. These are going to be controversial, but I have reasons. Last Christmas by Wham. No, 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 no. Okay, here's why. Christmas is not a romantic holiday. Do not combine romance and Christmas at all. Here's what I'm doing at Christmas. I'm hanging out in my childhood bedroom, looking up at posters that I picked when I was 13 years old, and I'm not feeling horny. I've had it sex is... on Christmas <laughs> and Christmas Eve. I have not. Oh, really? It is really? not a horny holiday for me. It is a chaste holiday for oh. me. It is for Santa, evidently. Yeah, well, I am not into that either. It just, I just, I don't understand what happened. Like, okay, so they, they hooked up on Christmas, and then on Boxing Day, he, he got gone. cheated on? Yeah. Like, yeah. But, why were you in a position to hook up on Christmas and then on, cheat on someone on Boxing Day? And then, but this year you're planning on having another Christmas hookup? Like, yeah. learn your lesson, man. Right. Maybe take some time off. If it's if, you're, if your heart is getting broken on Christmas every year, maybe just be like, you know what, this year I'm going to sit it out. I need to keep my pants on on Christmas and just, you know, enjoy the holiday. Go look at the lights or something. Second one, <laughs> Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. Every single Christmas song the Beatles touched is trash. Yeah, I agree with you completely. Yes. Trash. Yes. Keep them away from Christmas music. Yeah. Wonderful Christmas time. It just sounds like. Simply yeah. having. It sounds like being inside a toy that's running out of batteries. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, or like being being too stoned. Like that's how it feels. It's like I am too high. I'm not having a good time. Yeah, it also sounds like grown men trying to do something for kids, which is real creepy. Like yeah. usually when like, you know, Springsteen singing, please come up for Christmas is like a grown man singing for grown people. Yeah. You know, this is weird. It's like, are yeah. you trying to be a kid or what's going on here? The only like grown man who can sing kids songs and not creep me out is Raffi. I think Raffi is like the OG of singing. I, I love him. I couldn't tell you what Raffi's voice sound like. Oh, like. he sang Must Be Santa, which is like a great song. Really? Yeah. Okay, I, still have the, I still have the record of Raffi. Okay, third one. This is going to be the most controversial because oh, Caroline no. put in the outline, Aaron, no, I love. Uh, it's Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday by NSYNC. Agreed and, with okay, Caroline. but I want to hear you out. Here's why. Because it sounds like an ad for Christmas. It's like, you know, they're trying to convince me that, like, come on, try this yeah. Christmas thing. Yes. And it's like, I, I'm i on board. I'm on it. I'm yeah. listening to Christmas music. It's like whenever I watch TV and there's an ad that's like, hey, remember cheese? It's like, yes, I remember yeah, cheese. Yeah, we like it. I like it already. Why are you advertising this to me? The thing that really puts me over the edge, though, is the line, God sends you his love. Okay, <laughs> why are you the conduit to God? Why are you delivering me messages from the creator. What? What? How is InSync? InSync somehow in between? I think it's me. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and InSync is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> no. They're the, they're, yes, they're part of the. No. Yes. It they're... sounds like an old Navy ad designed it to does. sell me shit. And I just, I, I like, I love buying shit for people. I love giving presents. I just hate like feeling like I'm inside a like snow globe, snow globe giveaway. Anyway, it, <laughs> it, 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 it makes me. I'll, I'll like kind of. Sometimes hear it in the background and be like, this is catchy. And then I'll be like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm jamming to this song. <laughs> well, it's set out to be a hit. Mm -hmm. And oh, that's yes. not what the spirit of Christmas song should be. You need to go ass backwards into the success that happens. Right. I want to say that it was released exclusively at like a big box store, too. Like yeah. maybe a Target or a Walmart. I don't know that for sure. And yeah. somebody can correct me on that. But doesn't it seem like it was created to 
be sold exclusively at Target for the yeah. first like three days or whatever. And I don't then think any else. of that money went to world hunger either. No, no. It went it, to it, Joey Fatone. <laughs> <laughs> it went to the man of the woods, Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's all the time we have for this holiday episode Yay. of Hysteria this week. Megan and Grace, thank you so much for coming by to hang thank out you. for You're this welcome. holiday episode. Santa, baby. Oh, gosh. No. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's the that was like awful, the crypt awful. keeper oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, Santa baby. it's like chipmunks doing <laughs> totally baby. no don't even don't <laughs> incept that into the universe I also want to thank Rep Karen Bass for stopping by and chatting with me you were so great and so excited for what 2019 will bring for the Democrats in the house and thanks to all of you for listening and there will be more hysteria next week I am from another planet this nation these girls got a fan it Email and scan it. Don't take no for an answer. Um, girl with a mouth that's overdone. Right, cause girls just wanna have fun. So, Annie, get your gun. Woo!